Hey, everybody, this is Mark Levine, and you're listening to the NYC Real Estate Podcast, and this is episode number three. And we are here today with Edward Bell, the president of High Tech Cleaning Services, and also Kalia Gonzalez, who's a sales specialist for high tech cleaning and restoration. Um, you can visit their website at hightechcleaningservices.com, and that's high spelled H I. Um, so, Edward and Khalil, thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you for having us. So, nobody uh, may know about your services, so I figure I'll give you guys an opportunity to kind of give a two second background. And, Ed, if you want to tell us how you started and basically where you're at right now. All right. Thank you very much. I would hope. Uh, at this point in time, since we've been in business for 25 years, that a lot of people do know about us. Mm -hmm. But in the off chance that somebody out there listening does not know about us, as I say, we started 25 years ago, and strangely enough, we just started as a carpet cleaning company. And we made entree into some property management firms in New York because they had a lot of common area with carpet, and we wanted to clean it. So we were successful in getting tried out, and we did good work, and they gave us more work, and invariably it led to the question, you do great carpet work, can you do hard floor cleaning? Mm-hmm. So yes, we do hard floor cleaning. At that time, it was mostly strip and wax and buff, and now it's become, over the years, we've evolved into specializing in marble, uh, terrazzo, slate, any kind of stone restoration yeah. and maintenance. So we will restore the floor, and we will maintain the floor. And that led us to um, doing metal restoration, because invariably, I mean, property management companies are our biggest source of income. And the reason for that is because you get one customer such as your company, and it's a wealth of customers. Yeah, It's just, it's one name, but it's many buildings. Within the buildings, there's numerous applications for our services. We do, do, as I say, carpet cleaning. We do hard floor maintenance, polishing. And we do flood and fire emergency remediations. Yeah. Uh, And we have over, at this point, I think about 170 unique buildings. So okay. that's a lot of So right, right off the bat, that's 170 customers for us. And within that 170 customers, yeah. if each building averages 100 units, or even if it's less, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, we've got thousands of potential customers. Right. Because we might do the marble hallway, right. and then the people with the marble bathrooms and countertops say, oh, that's beautiful. Who does yeah. that work? Maybe I could use them in my apartment. Right. So it's and not just generally speaking the common area of the building. You're also servicing the individual unit owners or, or shareholders correct. themselves. Right. It starts at the common areas and, yeah. and leads into all other things. And the general cleaning we do, we do construction cleanups, which is very helpful to a lot of unit owners right. when they do renovations or, or modernizations of their condos or co-ops. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of construction dust. and it's um, We do a very thorough and professional cleaning. Yeah. We use HEPA filters, all state-of-the-art equipment. Um, we work with all insurance companies. Uh, we do all our billing through the Xactimate software, mm-hmm. which is the same software used by almost every insurance company. So there's very little discrepancy right. between our billing and the rates. That right. So when it's time to actually have it paid out or <laughs> compensated for it, it should be easy because you're using the same software and That's there's correct. less of a, a hiccup there. Right. Getting paid is key. Um, are you handling uh, lead paint issues or do you have people? So you don't, you do the cleaning. Well, we do the cleaning and when it comes to remediation, we do the drying. And right. sometimes though, uh, whether uh, it's from this particular drying or usually when if somebody's got a leak in their apartment from a roof soffit or something like yeah. that, it's probably been going on for years. And sometimes what will happen is we'll dry the apartment and, and to aid the drying, we'll cut the sheetrock or cut the ceiling. Right. And sometimes that's when we discover mold. 
Yeah. Not, not from this application, but from right. years ago. And generally what we do is not to disturb it. We close it up, mm-hmm. tell them to get an assessor. They'll get an assessor who'll do all the mold testing and write a scope of remediation, and then we will do the remediation. Right. I guess the important we, import, are, we right. are licensed for mold remediation. The important thing to note here is that if you have a, a company that's doing both the mold assessment and the treatment as the same company, that's not technically legal. That's correct in New York. So you that have ma- to makes get. Sense. And there are some companies out there that have subsidiaries of their company or sister companies within the same people, but. Maybe I'm that sure, shouldn't sure be the they, right way. I'm sure they do to get around. Yeah, the, but, very, very unethical. Yeah, but we, what we should be having is a purely independent mold assessment and exactly. then have them write the scope of work and then right. have a second secondary company not attached to the first company right. that comes in and bids it out and does the work. Correct. That's why we usually provide a list. Right. If they ask us for an assessor, we yeah. will give them a list kind of gives them the option to make their own choice. So this yeah. way, a list of that we're not affiliated with. So a lot of the problems that we have with water um, come from emergency situations like fires. And the fire itself is somewhat of a emergency situation at that moment. But after the fire is out, most of the damage that we find in the buildings is going to be water damage. Because right. especially on a taller building, you're just, water is going freely, you know, for however long it takes to get the, the fire out. So. Right. Is that something that you're dealing with on a daily basis? Yes, a fire, a fire gives us actually two avenues of, of, of moving. Uh, once the uh, apartment or building is released by the fire marshal, because we always have to wait for that, Yeah. then there's two things to do. Number one, the fire, as you say, is always the biggest source of a flood mm-hmm. because you get the firemen in there with the hoses and it's it's... It's a lot of water. It's like being at the kitty park for it's them. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, it's like, a it's like let's kick right. down all the doors and let's and spray and everything the, with water. And the other part of it is there's a lot of soot yeah. and smell that has to be cleaned up. So we have to not only remediate the water, we have to take care of the odor. Mm-hmm. So we have air scrubbers to do that. Right. We have to, uh, a lot of times, demo the apartment because, you know, if something's burnt and charred, yeah, you're not going to get the smell out. Right. It's just not going to happen. Sometimes in a small case, you can use encapsulating paint and you know cover up the smell if it's a small area, mm-hmm. not too badly damaged. But there's always soot. We use chemically treated sponges and special chemicals to clean the area, the smoke damage, the smell. So we do it all. Yeah. We do the flood, we do the cleanup, and we can also do the build-out. Oh, you can? We can. Okay. I must admit, though, we do usually have to subcontract that out, but right. we work very closely with very, very well-known yeah. uh, contractors throughout the tri-state area. So from soup to nuts, when you have an emergency or a water event, you guys are there to right. scrub one, it, one call dehumidify. Yeah. And who? Where? So you're located. Your main office is in Yonkers. Right. We're in Yonkers, off the Sawmill Parkway uh, uh, exit. I believe it's nine Executive Boulevard. We're in a park there. Yeah, industrial park. We have uh, uh, our offices and warehouse units there, mm-hmm. and we run our vans out of there. And uh, our main our main office handles calls manned calls twenty four seven. Right, because invariably floods will happen in the middle of the night or on the weekend. Yeah, but uh, we like to tell people, and we so far have been very successful in saying that from the time you call us, whether it's one in, one in the morning, three in the morning, or Sunday evening. From the time you call us, we will have a crew on site within two to three hours max. Yeah, and that's important. Even we had one, a terrible, terrible emergency, a big flood some years ago on New Year's Eve. 
And I must say, I'm very proud of the fact that the management company went out of their way to commend us because by 3 o'clock in the morning, New Year's Eve, we had 30 men on the job. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't easy, but we did it. Yeah. No. New Year's Eve seems to be a thing because I had a fire in Brooklyn once uh, on a New Year's Eve. Yeah. That was always. the worst. Yeah, it's weekends and yeah. nights. It's always yeah. holidays. Yeah. Had to show up at 7 a.m. on New Year's <laughs> Day. That wasn't fun. <laughs> but we were there. And just like you, I mean, you kind of, you go where the action is. That's and right. you, you That's part of the job. Yeah. Um, so some buildings have small staff for cleaning, and we kind of touched upon this off podcast before. Mm-hmm. And we will recommend sometimes that if you do not have a staff that you do kind of a deep clean of the building every so often. And that's a service that you guys also provide. We do. And very often, aside from building cleaning, we get a lot of calls to clean the basements. Mm -hmm. For some reason that over the years, that's a neglected area, even building with staff and porters. And we'll get an area, they'll call us and say, can you clean out our basement? And we will, whether it's a basement, that's just a simple, you know, concrete thing with a boiler room or whether it's massive, storage lockers and everything else we're available to do a deep clean and clean out that entire area yeah so yeah we can do that all and we do as i say construction cleanups uh, we do hazardous waste removals um, pretty much any kind of cleanup you might need so if i need to do a cleanup and this is i guess at some buildings where we need, we where we want to just clean out the basement there's been construction debris over years there's been a lot of you know just stuff lying around that we you know, how did it show up we don't know Presumably people are dumping, you know, when they're doing their apartments or they move out and they don't remember that they have things in the basement. Is that something that you guys could also take care of, too? Like with the carting away, putting putting that out. Glad you bring that up because it brings up another area of service that doesn't always come to mind right away. But we do it. It's not as often, but we do it. And that's hoarder cleanup. Oh, and it comes up and you as a manager will have get a call occasionally from the, either the health department, the fire department, somebody's been called in because there's been complaints about an apartment. And I'll tell you, some of these are such a disaster, even where it's not necessarily filth right? and bodily fluids, are, which are common, but sometimes it's just people hoard, literally just hoard things. Yeah. And I could tell you examples in, in the highest class buildings, we've had buildings on Park Avenue, where we've gone in on a call because uh, the fire department said mm-hmm. it had to be cleaned up, and we go to the apartment and open the door and could not walk into the apartment because wow. it was floor to ceiling, boxes from QVC and Home Shopping Network unopened. Wow, floor to ceiling, thousands and th- I'm not exaggerating, yeah. thousands of boxes. People were just a little, yeah, a little off. You know, elderly people they had some problems. And if you found your way through the boxes, they had a little sleeping area. Yeah. And it just got. It just and got it's there. such a fire hazard, too. Oh, well, that's why. Yeah. We, that's why they eventually. Ha- it's a tinderbox waiting. Yeah. So we set up a, a shoot system out the window and just mm-hmm. uh, we had their attorney present to mark off everything. To make sure that nothing was damaged or nothing sure was missing. And make sure everything was accounted for and marked off when we, when we did it. And it was just uh, it was a great job. Yeah. I mean, it was a great job for us because. It was a it was a profitable job and it was a great job because we alleviated a potential mm-hmm. hazard and, mm-hmm. and everybody was very thankful. Even the people that lived there were thankful, even yeah. though we took their stuff away. They just couldn't do it themselves. It just got out of control for them. Yeah. What about you, Khalil? Tell me about you. Well, I'm uh, pretty much the guy you never want to see in your building. 
I specialize in mold remediation, uh, water damage, fire damage. That's kind of my component within high tech cleaning. Um, I'm pretty much the guy that cleans the stuff that nobody else wants yeah. to clean. Um, you know, the crawl spaces, attic spaces. Um, and just like he said, it's, you know, these areas sometimes seem almost impossible to clean. Those are the spots that uh, he assigns me to clean. Do you guys do vent cleaning, like all the way up to the roof? No, no, no that's no. HVAC, so yeah. it's kind of um, okay. What would you recommend in terms of a deep clean? We kind of spoke about that before, but for a building, you should get a deep clean. I mean, is that a good practice just in general, or is that just like a failing of not having well, a, a build, super a building really shouldn't need a deep clean, yeah, uh, unless they just don't have the staff. And if they don't well, that's have, yeah, yeah, but if uh, we don't have too many buildings like that because we deal with uh, first class properties more or less, and I mean, we do also deal with some uh, low income housing, yeah, uh, through. Companies like Phipps, uh, you know, who specialize in managing those properties. Yeah. And sometimes we get some really weird calls in those buildings. Yeah. But generally speaking, uh, we don't get calls for a deep clean. We'll get calls to clean graffiti off the outside of the building. Mm -hmm. We do that. Oh, we do power know. washing. Yeah. Um, we'll even pa come up, power wash people's terraces. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's all kinds. Window of cleaning? No. No window cleaning. Inside. Inside window cleaning. Inside. Okay, so yeah. if I have a building that needs to do, this is common. If every it, every window in the building that's no, you, you guys don't hang uh, off. The, you, you need a window cleaner. Yeah, right? yeah. no, we don't do the scaffolding. We do small scaffolding if we're cleaning the exterior stone in a country club or something like that. But if you're going up four, five, six stories, no, we, no, yeah, no. Okay, we'll pass on that one. Yeah, got to pass on something. You can't can't do everything. We, <laughs> we try to be a one call, one stop shop, but. Uh, can't just can't do everything. Yeah. Is there anything? So we're managing agents on the side, you know, in our day jobs, not just talking into microphones. But is there anything that you could say as an owner to an owner operator or to a managing agent and how to avoid these issues? Not to take away business from you guys, but how could we avoid having you in? Well, you can't avoid having us in if you have an emergency. Correct. I mean, emergency is by nature an emergency. Yep. So there's no avoiding it. Uh, but uh, you don't want to avoid having us in to take care of the property because you want it to be pristine. You want it to keep the uh, the the value of the property up. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep keep your uh, carpets clean. You want to keep your stone polished. You want to be able to sell units. You want to be presentable. So you don't want to keep us out. Yeah. You only want to keep us out from hoarders. But yeah, you can't. I mean, that's not us. We have, yeah. we can't recommend that. Just there's nothing nothing to recommend there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd say, um, in every mold remediation that we do, um, we always give a consultation, mm -hmm. whether it be to the tenant or the management company itself on right. what steps they could take to prevent the mold to come back. Because a lot of times it's not just a water intrusion or a flood. Sometimes it's a basement that's just been festering and there's no ventilation. Right. So in every job that we do, we always make recommendations for dehumidification, mm -hmm. um, ventilation, steps that they could take to prevent the mold from coming back. And we kind of do that as a way to ensure our guarantee to the work because, you know, you can come and get mold out of somebody's house. And if they don't take those steps, it's inevitably going to come back. So in order to secure our guarantee, yeah. we kind of make... Are most mold remediations done by cutting out the mold or is it by applying... Um, something to the surface? 
Well, it depends. Uh, permeable surfaces, especially things that are cellulose-based, like gypsum, drywall, sheetrock, uh, old-fashioned insulation, are usually, especially in New York, they have to be extracted at mm-hmm. least 12 inches from where they're contaminated. Um, non-permeable surfaces, like stone, wood, can usually be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, fabric um, can be treated, usually depending on the you know, complexity of it. If it's a Persian carpet, it's a different process than if it's right. a, you know, an old college sweatshirt, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah, usually in, especially in New York, which is actually the law and regulation, anything permeable is usually extracted. Okay. And people put mold resistant, um, sheetrock behind their, uh, tile in the bathrooms in your experience. Have you found mold on those surfaces? I'd say in my experience, 60% of the sheetrock that I have removed from properties has been mold-resistant sheetrock. Okay, so we're still at risk of hitting mold uh, on those services that are kind of dictated as not being uh, subject to mold. Well, New York City, you see now, they have changed the code where bathrooms and kitchens should be built on wonderboard, cement board, Durarock, which is mold-proof, not Mm mold-resistant. The only way you're going to get mold on there is if you have dirt. And then the mold will actually be on the dirt, not that. So it can easily be treated. But a long time ago, that's how they did. They put tile on sheetrock. Yeah. And now you have no idea, but you could have yeah. tons of mold behind Festering. your tile. Yeah. You don't know it until you have the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen, I've uh, it's amazing with mold. I've There was one apartment I remember seeing, and it was just mushrooms everywhere. And we had to obviously get, that was a superintendent's apartment that had a leak. And so he was the one that had the, you know, so we didn't have to relocate a unit owner. We had to relocate a staff member, which I think was a little bit easier just in terms of dealing with the fallout from that. Um, But it's amazing what mold can do very quickly. And it's so bad for your health too. And the interesting is like when you say you see the mushrooms, so when you see those mushrooms, that's a, it's a mold called a basidiospore. And it's actually one of the non-lethal ones. The ones that are most dangerous, you usually don't see, which is like the stachybotrys, the famous black mold. Yeah. And that will only grow on a cellulose-based building material like Mm sheetrock. So you can have that, and it can be behind your tile or behind your cabinet, and you won't even know. And so the scary stuff is actually the invisible stuff. So when we see mold in an apartment, is that depending on... Oh, somebody's ringing. (laughs) I should have yelled at everybody. Phones off. <laughs> it's okay, no problem. So when we um, could be an emergency, could be mold. <laughs> so when when we see um, as a resident, when we see mold, what is the process that we should take um, from your pers- from your perspective? Is that something that I should? Uh, obviously, I'm going to call my managing agent or my owner. Or all right. So you say when you see mold, if somebody has a visual observation of what they think is mold. They should definitely contact, if, you, if you're saying about a unit owner, they, yeah. sh- they should contact either the superintendent of the building. Yep. Superintendent of the building will generally contact the managing agent. Yep. Managing agent will hopefully contact high tech, mm-hmm. and high tech will tell you to have a mold assessor. Right. Or, it, is, or a. Or a um, if the contamination exceeds what they say is 10 square feet. So New York law doesn't require an assessor if it's a smaller than 10 square feet section then okay, that's important that is a mitigating company no, we can come in actually quote you on the work and do the work and not legally have to have a hygienist 
if it exceeds 10 square feet is where you have to have the hygienist. Right. So that's why it's always good to contact the remediation company first because they can kind of... If we have you in for under 10 square feet, do you also do a, an air sample test or is that something that an assessor should do? We can do an air sample test if you'd like us to. But as Kay said, it's not necessary if it's 10 square feet or less. Correct. It can just be treated. Got we, it. We usually don't because we prefer to just be honest and upfront about yeah. everything. And even though the law says we can clear it, yeah. We would usually rather have an outside party come and do it because mm -hmm. we feel more, everybody's more comfortable in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Great. I think we've exhausted mold. We have, we've talked a lot I about mold. We have, yeah. A lot of mushrooms, yeah. black mold. <laughs> 10 square feet is the, the minimum requirement. Anything under 10 square feet, we could treat ourselves. We don't need to have two separate companies do it. You can just come in and treat it. Yeah, it's considered anything under 10, sweet, 10 square feet is not considered a mold project okay. or law. So anything 10 square feet or above is considered a mold project. Right. And believe it or not, 10 square feet is not a lot of space. So no, it's not. Yeah. So and it's similar to lead paint. I think it's uh, two square feet, yes. I believe, for um, uh, treating it as it has lead or right. testing well, it. Well, lead paint, as we said before, we don't. We don't do lead paint and yeah. we don't do asbestos. Yeah. If we run into it, we can always make a referral to another company or like we do, we can give you a list of companies and say, you know, these are the companies that we dealt with in the past. Yeah. But, you know, we don't make any, uh, we don't have any direct affiliation to those companies. Perfect. So in the past, what I've had in before we close this out, but I've had um, a lot of emergencies and the process would be, I would, as the managing agent owner, I would call the insurance broker. I would put a, a notice of claim out there and they would in turn call the, um, uh, somebody to come and review it. Um, and then they would also have a remediation company come. Right. So um, getting you guys kind of on speed dial could save some time in going through that process and just having somebody to, um, be there as soon as possible just to make sure that the any emergency or fallout from the emergency is properly taken care of, even while we're in the process of doing the paperwork to make sure that everything is covered. Because the longer that we let it go is just going to be more damage and more cost. So the sooner that we could get it would be better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Well, thank you. So again, Edward Bell and Khalil Gonzalez from High Tech Cleaning Solutions, and that's uh, hightechcleaningservices.com. Uh, high Tech is H-I-T-E-C-H, -E and then cleaningservices.com. And you guys, your main office is 914-423-4600. Uh, if you want to email the podcast and ask any questions, that'll show up here, uh, NYC real estate podcast at gmail.com and if you want to follow us on social media it's at nyc real estate podcast and we're throwing these podcasts up on every, anywhere that podcasts are available like spotify and itunes and um we thank you for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode thanks guys thank you thank you